Love it. Yeah, that kind of really tells us that the little things matter, right? To be thankful for what we have. You know, when, uh, when my wife and I were uh, newly married, we, she was working at a local restaurant. And uh, this place has become a favorite of ours. I, I don't mention it very much, uh, but it's, it's, it's my fave place to, to go and eat. And not only is the food incredibly delicious, um, in fact, I've never had a bad meal when I've gone there, but because my wife worked there when we first uh, moved into the area about 36 years ago, 37 years ago, uh, we found that the owner paid attention to the details that matter. The small things in that restaurant really matter. In fact, this owner is, uh, has the kitchen kind of a white glove clean where she can go over the kitchen and, and make sure that everything is clean to, to a T and there's a, you can put a white glove through it. Um, lettuce is double washed. Uh, the food is incredible. And, uh, and when, when, you, when you look at that and you understand People that are successful, they pay attention to the small details because the details matter. And that's what I want us to to think about today. The book of Proverbs has been teaching us about the details in our life. How do we have wisdom for every day? Let me give you a little backstory of my my week that I had, okay? I I was preparing for for a... uh, memorial service uh, for yesterday, all week long, for a young man that was uh, shot uh, when he went to go try and help at a fire in Tucson. Uh, not only was he shot and killed, but uh, there also uh, uh, EMT was shot, uh, several people with the fire department, and it, was an, it impacted the whole city of Tucson. And so I was preparing myself for, to speak to uh, about 150 people that were there at that service. And how many of you know that you need wisdom when you're talking to people? Especially when you're talking with something with that grave of a impact. Um, right after that, I went to another side of the spectrum. So one side of the pendulum is, is we had this tragedy. And then the other side, I had to come get ready for a wedding that was already planned for a long time. And I did this wedding in, in, uh, in uh, the 3C Ranch here in the beautiful uh, uh, wedding venue in the area. And, uh, and it was wonderful. So you have to switch gears. How many of you know you need wisdom to do that? After I got done per, uh, performing the ceremony, someone comes uh, right at the altar and says, do you do counseling? <laughs> That's the first at a wedding. And I said, I do, but not here. Make an appointment at the church, and, and one of the pastors can definitely meet with you. And so how many of you know you need wisdom? So as I'm preparing for all this, then, then the week, uh, during the week, I get a phone call from a young lady. I had done their wedding, and a young couple, and they, uh, they had a baby that was born with a, with a heart defect about a year and four months ago. And the baby had to have a transplant. And so she called me this week because the baby passed away. So I got a service on Friday. How many of you know that we need wisdom? 
The details in our life matter. And we need the wisdom in what matters to God. Hear me, First Service, and, and you that are watching online, we need the wisdom in the things that matter to God. God cares about every detail in our life. He cares about everything we're going through. That's why I, I don't have no problem expressing worship to God. I don't have any pro- I don't have no problem, no reservation expressing worship to God because I know that God cares about everything that I'm going through. When I come to this place and I'm drained or, or I come and I'm, I'm feeling like if, like if life has been sucking the emotional health out of me or, or, or the, the spiritual health or, or the mental health, I know that God will replenish everything that I need because every detail of my life matters to God. And every detail of your life matters to God. But here's what I want you to to think about. And this is a big idea. This is what we're going to be talking about. The small things matter in our lives. And we will never change the big things until we deal with those small things in our life. What, What are those small things in your life that need to be changed? I want you to think with me. When you go into the military, if you go into the military, if you've been in the military... How do they start? Do they start by giving you a gun and going into battle? Or do they start by making sure that the bed is made every morning? Because they understand that everything matters. Before you shoot a gun, learn how to make your bed. I love the way that Charles Duhigg put it in, in his, his wonderful book called The Power of Habit. If you haven't read that book, I would, I would strongly suggest you do so. It said, the habits that matter most are the ones that when, you, when they start to shift, they dislodge and remake other patterns. In other words, there are small things that you will do that will affect every part of your life. And I'm talking positive or negative. You want to impact your life positively, you got to start with the small things. It's when people become addicts, when people become, uh, have a destructive life, it's because they haven't dealt with the small things. The small things become bigger and bigger. It starts out with a, with a, with a beer. It starts out with maybe a, a, you know, a little bit of, of uh, you know, whatever. I'm going to say cocaine or whatever, but it could be anything. It could be Percocets. It could be anything. Small things, if you don't deal with the small things, they can become bigger. And there's habits. There's habits that that you can implement in your life. And when you do it, it's going to just impact other parts of your life for good or bad. So so let me ask you a question. What's one habit that, that you can bring positive change in? Or what's one habit that you have already, during these, these 31 days, we're, as we're in day 22, what is one thing that you have brought into your life and you said, I'm going to change this one thing? Maybe it's hearing the voice of God as you read the Bible. This is God speaking to us. I've said this over and over and over to you. It doesn't matter as much what comes out of here It's what's coming out of here. If I'm not speaking from here, you believe this, not this. 
It doesn't matter who it is. Because of word, the word of God is what changes our lives. Maybe it's, it's just talking to God in prayer. It's having this, this communion with God. And you begin to, to, to talk to God, not in some kind of religiosity, but just open and honest about what you're going through. That's how God wants to speak to us. He doesn't need religion. He doesn't need big words. He just needs you to come to him openly and honestly. How about becoming a part of a small group? Just one small thing. You know, you, you become a part of a small group. Uh, uh, Pastor Mike and, and, and Ruth are getting ready to, to do this, this uh, church-wide campaign. It's going to be amazing. Um, and, and I know that, that God's going to meet people where they need to be met. We do uh, Real Men. It was amazing when, when Real Men come together on Thursdays at 6 p.m. We do Route 66. All those things are great things to become a part of a habit in your life. Because they bring positive change. And as we're in Proverbs 22, uh, I want to go to the latter part of that proverb because I know that you guys already read it this morning, right? You've already read Proverbs 22 this morning. I'm just kidding. If you didn't, that's not a problem. But you can. But I want to go to verse uh, 17 and I'm going to start there. Because the writer says some things that are just incredible for us about things matter to our lives. Here's how it goes. Listen carefully to my wisdom. Take to heart what I can teach you. You'll treasure its sweetness deep within. What are we talking about? What's going to be sweet? The wisdom of God. Amen? You'll give it bold expression in your speech. In other words, when you talk... You will speak boldly the wisdom of God to make sure your foundation is trust in God. I'm laying it all out right now just for you. I'm giving you 30 sterling principles, tested guidelines to live by. In other words, he's going to lay things out for us that we actually have to implement in our lives. And if we do, we have a foundation of wisdom. That will help us navigate through life. I don't know about you, but I need the wisdom of God every day. I, I've got things that I deal with not only on the church front, but in the home front. I've got things that I deal with not only in the community, but outside the community. So he says, these are tested guidelines that you can live by. Believe me, these are truths that work. And will keep you accountable to those who sent you. So God is going to bring people into our lives that are going to keep us moving on a track that's going to bring success. I need people around me that that care enough to tell me the things that matter in my life. And so do you. Here are five things that matter. These five things matter. We're going to keep going through the scripture, but I want us to think about this. God looks after the down and out, and so should we. Tell your neighbor, tell someone that's by you, people matter to God. People matter to God. And and there's there's a ton of wisdom in helping people 
who are hurting and in a time of need. There's so much wisdom because, see, when you do that, you become selfless instead of selfish. And I don't know about you, but I have thought so much during this, this situation in Afghanistan, what's happening, and I don't even think politically. You guys know that. You know that Pastor James doesn't think politically. I don't, that's not the way I think. I think spiritually, and how does God, what is God's lens? And what I know for sure is that God cares about the people that are hurting there. And so should we. So I don't blame people. I don't get on social media and blame people. I don't do that because that takes the people that God wants to reach. It takes them out of the picture. What I do is I begin to pray to the one that matters. You see, I begin to pray to the one that really cares about those people. I begin to, to just come before the Lord and say, Lord, you can do what no person can do. And those people, especially my brothers and my sisters that are there, they need your strength. They need your, they need your boldness. They need for you to give them your peace because they're facing death every day. There's a ton of wisdom in helping people who are hurting and in a time of need. And not only is it good for them, but it's good for us. Remember that. Not only is it good for people, but it's good for you. You will be a better person the more that you give of God's blessings in your life. Quit criticizing everyone and do something about it. Quit criticizing what's going on in our world and do something about it. Look at what verse 22 says. Don't walk on the poor just because they're poor and don't use your position to crush the weak because God will come to their defense. The life you took, he'll take from you and give back to them. There's a young lady that's come into Shauna and my life recently. She went off to San Diego to, to do a job. So we text her, how you doing? We, you know, we're praying for you. We're trusting God to do great things. How was your day? Because she said, well, I, I worked in the morning. I had to do all these things. And I went and had dinner. And after dinner, there were some homeless uh, people outside. And I gave them some food. I said, that is awesome. That is awesome. Because can I tell you something, beloved? We are very blessed and when you, make, when you do an act of service, not only does it change people's lives, it changes us. See, I, I don't know what the story is of any homeless person. I just know that my story is by the grace of God, I'm not homeless right now. And so that young lady, her, her, whole, her soul is being strengthened. Her soul is being healed. Her soul is being medicated because instead of talking about people, she's doing something for people. Jesus emphasized this in the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10, verse 33, it says, Then a despised Samaritan came along. Here, here Jesus is giving a parable, and he's talking about these three religious persons that went by this guy that had been attacked by robbers. And they didn't do nothing about it. Now, that's just a, that's a, that's a word for the church. That's a word for the church because he's saying the lawyer went by, the scribe, this, this, uh, you know, this priest went by, and this other Levite went by, and they did nothing. 
But a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, the man that had been beat up by robbers, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and he took him to an inn. Now, for in, in, our, in our position, it wouldn't be a donkey, but it might be a Lexus. If I had one, be a Kia for me. Put him in the Kia Sorento. He took him in the donkey and he took him to an inn where, where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. You see, the Samaritan wasn't a priest. He wasn't a, a, a Levite. He wasn't a religious elite. He wasn't a scholar. He wasn't a church attender maybe. But God noticed him because he cared for people. Here's my question, beloved. Do we care for people? Because there's wisdom in caring for people. And please don't tell me you're, I care for my family. Please don't tell me that. There's more people than your family. There's God's family. And this whole story has to do with who's the neighbor. Who's your neighbor? I hear people say, oh, I'm praying for my little Johnny, and I'm praying for my little Sally, and I'm praying for my son, and I'm praying for my daughter. Praise the Lord. Have you walked across the street? Have you been there for someone that needs help? Verse 36, Jesus talking. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, now go and do the same. How many of you are, have ears to hear for people in need? There's an ear. Do you know when you have a spouse that you actually have to listen? You have to actually listen to, to some of the things that they're wanting. I have to do that with Shauna because she don't come out right and say, this is what I want. But I kind of try to have cues of uh, she was doing something the other day, and now I better be real sneaky about this. Where's Sean at? Don't tell her. But she was, she was going through some stuff at, at this store yesterday, in fact, and she was looking at something at uh, Cracker Barrel. We were at Cracker Barrel in between the funeral and the, and the uh, wedding. What else do you do? You go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and she was putting some stuff on, and I, and I kept observing. She was looking at I kept observing. I said, okay. You have to be discerning to see what people are interested in. It's the same thing with people that are in need. You got to listen. There were these high school, uh, these high school educators that came from the Philippines. I don't know their story, but I know that we heard about it. And guess what? This Living Word Chapel did. We reached out and we've taken bedding, we've taken beds to them, we've taken furniture, uh, all kinds of stuff, so that they can be at home here. We don't owe them anything, but God loves them. They came with just the, the, the clothes that they were going to use to teach our kids. What if everyone in here, there's about 90 people in here, in my estimation. There's about, who knows, 200, 300 people watching online. What if every one of us did one thing a week? 
We could make 52 God-led incentives in one year. If you did one thing a week. Now, we have about 400 to 600 people that watch this in person or online. Now, multiply 52 times 600. That's 31,200 people that would be impacted by just helping someone once a week. Wouldn't that be awesome? Helping those who are in need. Here's the second thing that matters. Don't let your heart get influenced and hardened by the hate in other people. Don't let your heart get hardened by the hate that's all around us. We have so much hate going on in the lives around us. And look at what, what Proverbs chapter 4, in the fourth day we learn this. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Some of you, your heart, the devil's looking. He wants to get in there. He wants to harden your heart so that you cannot be good for the purposes of God. If he can get into your heart any way that he can, if he can just get in there, he'll drive a wedge between you and him, between you and God, and between you and the people that really care about you. I have to be intentional about guarding my heart. Did you know that? I have to be intentional because there's always something that happens that can come in and try to just really drive a wedge and make my heart hardened. My heart was influenced. It was influenced by good news. 28 years ago, when I gave my life to Jesus, and I guard that, every morning I know that it's good because God is with me. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what, what, what's going to come my way, I know that God is with me. Our life is better today if you have Jesus in your life. It's not perfect, but it's better. And the more that I get influenced by, the, by God and the good news of Jesus, the more that I get influenced, the more positive my life will be. But hear me now. Hear me now. There is a lot of negative that tries to penetrate our lives. Look at what Proverbs says in, in verse 24. Keep just following that proverb in chapter 22. Don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hotheads. Why? Why? Because bad temper is contagious. So don't get infected. It, did, it does not say not to minister them. It does not say there that, that we shouldn't pour our lives into them. It says don't get, don't get caught up in that. I was, watching, I was watching some news the other day, and, and I'm not kidding you. I was watching some news, but I have a lot of power when I watch t television or satellite. I have a lot of power. It's called this one thing. It's a black thing in my, in my house, and it's called a remote. I have a lot of power. I'm not kidding you. And I was watching, and this lady was talking, and everything that came out of her was negative. Really, what was coming out of her mouth was how bad they are, how good they are. How, and I said, oh, my goodness. I'm going to be real honest. I'm going to be real honest with what I said. I said this, guys. Forgive me. I said, shut up. 
shut it. And you, you find that on, on, the, on the left and the right. But it infects you, it infects you, it infects you, it infects you. And, and some people watch and listen to negative talk and, and commentary so much that it actually affects the way that you think. And you really think, you really think. I saw someone post something on, on Facebook the other day. You really think that putting all Negativity is doing good in the world. No. It brings poison. It brings poison. It's your quiet. Is it quiet in, in your homes online? It's quiet in this, in this place. You have the power. I have the power to change who we spend our time with. We, we don't have to drink the poison of hate. Amen? We don't have to drink the poison of hate. Now, th- just look at, the, look at the life of Jesus. He never allowed himself to, to, to succumb to the hatred that was all around him. We're going to switch gears right now. Here's the third thing that matters. And, and Proverbs hits everything. Have you noticed that? It hits everything. Here, here's the third thing that matters. Be careful how you handle money matters with family and friends. You, you ever, you, have you ever had a relationship break because of finances? A- anyone ever, any family member ever said, just can you loan me 100 bucks? You know, something small, 100, 100 no, well, maybe a little bit bigger. Can you loan me a 1,000, right, or more? Here's what Proverbs, he, the writer keeps, keeps going. The Holy, this is the Holy Spirit leading him, okay? The Holy Spirit leads him. Verse 26, don't agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for someone else. If you can't pay it, even your bed will be snatched from under you. And, and this is a small thing that can become a big thing. Because money matters have the ability to split great friends and great relationships and family. Right? Here, here's how the, the message puts it. Don't gamble on the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, pawning your house against a lucky chance. The time will come when you have to pay up you'll be left with nothing but the shirt on your back. And so it tells us that, that when you co-sign for someone, it, it, but the Bible gives us so much wisdom that we need. When you co-sign for someone, when you, when you guarantee a debt for someone, there's a potential for trouble in your life. Amen? This is, it's all, that's all it's telling you. Don't get mad at me. This is the word of God. When your kids come and they say, can I borrow just a little bit, Dad? I only need, you know, $3,000, not, nothing bad, nothing major. He says, be careful with that. So I listened to a guy by the name of Bob, Bob Lodick. His, uh, his, his podcast is, is Seed Time. Seed Time. How do you invest what God has blessed you with? How do you, how do you use the, the generosity of God to be generous and actually to, to, to be able to be financially stable? 
let me, let me say this. How many of us have to be intentional with how we steward God's money? You have to be intentional about that. Amen? Here's what Bob Loddick says. If, if you lend money to your brother, okay, I lend money to my brother, how would you feel if he took an expensive vacation before paying you back? Right? What about if he never paid you back? The relationship would most likely be broken from both sides. You would be resentful that your money wasn't returned to you, and your brother might feel guilty that he never paid you back. So he just stops talking to you altogether. I would love to say that I've never seen that, but I have seen over and over and over and over and over Red Rover let someone come over. I, I, I have seen this happen. In fact, I was just talking to someone this week, and it had to do with finances, with a brother in Christ in the church. And they were talking about, you know, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And I asked for one thing, and he didn't do it. I said, well, here's the thing, bro. If you do something, expecting something in return, you're setting yourself Right before we get to this place in verse 7, this is what it says. This is just a lot of wisdom. Some of you guys have probably implemented this in your own life. 22 verse 7 says this, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. You ever felt that debt collectors are slave owners? And they're on you, and they're on you, and they're on you. Have you ever, ever been in debt? When I worked underground, I remember one of the sayings that, that, that people would say was, I owe, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. I owe, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. That was a, that was a mindset. It says the, 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 the lender, the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, in, in relationships, and this, this helps me so much, it helps me. See, when you have a, a, a brother and brother relationship, it's a wonderful relationship. When you have a sister and sister relationship, wonderful relationship. When you have a, a father-son relationship, wonderful mother-daughter, all these things, wonderful relationships. Friend, friend, wonderful relationship. But once you loan them an amount of money saying, pay me back, you've become the lender. They've become the borrower. And let me tell you something. The enemy will come in and try to divide you. That's where the wisdom is right there. Amen? Here's the fourth, fourth thing that matters. Stealing an inch here and there is a big thing to God. Man, the, the enemy's so sneaky because the enemy puts in our minds, and, and let me tell you that he's put this in my mind many times. They won't be able to tell if, if I keep this inch for myself. I'll just keep this little bit for myself. But if it's not mine, it's not mine, right? I, I'll just move this boundary a little bit. Now, this is serious. This is serious to God. In fact, if you, if you read in Deuteronomy, God is, God is talking about things that are going to help the, the children of Israel operate better. This is, what, this is what it says in verse 17 of chapter 27. Cursed is anyone who steals property from a neighbor by moving a boundary marker. 
In other words, these ancient markers that were set, people would move them. You know, I'm going to move this just a little bit, and I'll take an inch, and I'll have more for me, and have, they'll have less for them. They'll never know. But here's what, here's what we find out. God knows. He, integrity, character, God knows everything. And it does something to our soul. It does something to our heart. It does something to our minds. It, it does something in our lives. Wisdom says, be honest, because the small things matter to God. Amen? Okay, so the, the, the fifth thing that matters, and I'm, I'm almost done. So I'm going to say amen to that. Amen. Okay. Is he almost done? Almost. I'm going to get water because I don't want to be a dry preacher. Okay. The fifth thing that matters is stay teachable and learn from those who succeed in the things that matter. Tell someone next to you, just please say this to someone. If you're at home, say this to someone. You don't know everything. Just, just say it. You say, say, I'm looking at you. I, I'm looking at you, guys. You don't, I want to see your lip. You don't know everything. You don't. <laughs> and I'm just saying that because God says it. He, he says, observe, observe people who are good at their work. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. They don't take a back seat to anyone. So the people that are good at their trade, they usually learn from someone else that was good in their trade. Are you with me? So in this season of my life, in this season of my life, the one thing that, that, that I have been really investing in, what do you think I've been investing in? Let me just ask some questions. What, do you, what would you think I would be investing in, in in this facet of my life? Huh? Grecian formula? No. What? <laughs> Retirement? <laughs> yeah. Let me let me tell you what I've been what I've been investing in and, and, and learning as much as I can about how to get healthy in my mind. Mental health matters to me. Any, anyone ever felt like, if I could take any more, I'm going to go berserk. I, I, I'm going to go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Right? I love Cocoa Puffs, but I don't want to be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Amen? So, so I, I, I have been investing. I've been investing into how, how, how do I make my mental health the best it can be. So I, I found this. this, this uh, uh, she's a, a neuroscientist. Her name is, is Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf. And, and she has a podcast. You, you might want to you know, write this down. It's, it, I, I would say I'd encourage you to listen to her. It's called Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. And I have learned so much about the mind and, and, and the brain and, and actually the anatomy and how God made us. And how even worship, did you know that when you worship, there's something that happens in your, in your mind. There is, a, there is a trigger 
that actually happens in your, in your neurons and your protons. And something happens in the anatomy of man. God made it that way. When you pray, when you pray, something happens here in your mind, the protons and your neutrons, all these things. When you complain, something's happening. Now, what if I would ignore that? Because for years, I probably did. You blame everybody else. You blame yourself, right? If your marriage is struggling, do not stay there Find someone that is succeeding in marriage and let them pour into you. If your finances are struggling, you can change that. I, I, I can tell you that from experience that you can change the financial uh, 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 dead ends in your life. God wants you to succeed. If, if you get angry all the time, if, if anger is a problem and you, and you just kind of blow off the handle, you just, you just really lose it, there's a reason for that. And you can fix it with the help of God Amen. and the power of the Holy Spirit. You can fix it. I, I love what the apostle, said, the apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 9. He says, keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me. You've got to keep putting things into practice of the things that God has poured into people. And it'll make you better. Everything you heard from me and you saw me doing, then, when you do this, then the God of peace will be with you. See, when, when, when I lose my peace, and that happens... That happens throughout the week. There are things I've got to default myself to the word of truth. But I also have to talk to trustworthy people and say, man, I, I, I'm having a difficult time. Will you pray for me? Or just listen to me. Just listen to me. Amen? If you're struggling in any facet of your life, please don't stay there. If you're, if you're struggling with anxiety or some mental things, you don't have to stay there. Those are just triggers telling you you need help. And God is here to help us. And God's people are here to help us. Amen? We're better together. Amen? We're better together. Good way to go. Amen? You'll preach next week. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Give her a big hand for that. That was wonderful. The greatest healing comes in and through Jesus Christ. Today is the day of your salvation and your restoration. Whether you're here in person or you're online, God has a plan for your life and it's good. He can make that crooked road straight. Those roadblocks, he can take them out of the way, and you can achieve what God has for you in your life. I want to lead you in a prayer, a prayer to make Jesus the Lord supreme in authority and the Savior of your life if you've never done that. It's simple. It's just, God, I am tired of trying to do life on my own. Today I admit 
that I am a sinner in need of a savior. And I believe that Jesus Christ is a savior of the world. I believe that he went to the cross at Calvary and died for all of my sins, my past, my present, and my future sins. I also believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And so today I confess him as my Lord and Savior and choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. With all heads bowed real quick, if you prayed that prayer, just raise your hand so that we can just say amen to God. Amen, brother. Amen. I see that. Beautiful. Beautiful. If you did this online, just put your hallelujah praise hands and we will just rejoice with you or just say, I said yes to Jesus and we're going to give God all the praise he deserves. Let's stand up and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords.